Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, dear listener. Welcome to episode 38, The Fear of Using Your Story to Market Your Business. Now, this episode is being recorded at the end of October of 2020. So as you can imagine, I'm thinking a little bit along the lines of Halloween, hence the word fear and the fact that scary will come up here in this intro. But I am being silly with Halloween coming up, but I do want to address an issue that many of us face when it comes to marketing our business and specifically when it comes to writing about our business. We are scared to use our own stories to help our business grow. I can talk about this topic because social media comes very hard to me, especially if I'm sharing anything that's from my own life. In the back of my head, I don't know if you think like this, but in the back of my head, I think, who in the world would care about this? Why would anybody want to read this? Now, I know that that's a self-deprecating idea. I know that that is ugly and that I would never talk to a friend of mine like that. If a friend said, hey, you know, let me tell you this story about what happened to me the other day, I would never say, I don't care to hear that. Don't talk to me about what happened the other day in your life. So I know the words that come into my brain are mean and ugly. And I know on the surface that there really are going to be people who care about what happened in my life the other day or how my business came to be. I know that factually. I'm working on changing that in my head. In fact, I've I've had several clients, but one recently come to me and say something like, every time that I share how my story, I'm sorry, how my business got started, I just cringe. I get really scared and I think to myself, are my customers going to care about this? And the irony is, is that every time she shares with her customers about how her business got started, it gets the most comments of any other post out there. Now, it's not my story to share, so I'm not going to share it with you today. But I will say it is an amazing story of how she got started. And it really does resonate with customers and potential customers. And we're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about why stories resonate. In fact, we're going to talk about two types of stories that we as business owners can tell. One of them, I call it your origin story. You also may see it may see it called your founder story. So that's the story about how your business got started. And then the other type of story is what's happening currently. So real-time stories. We're going to get to that here in just a second. Because the word stories can be so broad and perhaps overwhelming, our context needs to be in business. So how can we use our stories 
to market our business. That's what this podcast is about. So I want you to think about stories in two compartments. Think about boxing them up, filing them away in these two file folders. One is your origin story. So these are any stories that are about how your business came to be and about experiences in the past that have shaped you to be the business owner that you are. For example, perhaps your business is making candles and selling these candles. But as a little girl, you watched your grandmother, who was a seamstress for the town. She took in people's dresses and pants and hemmed them, or maybe she even took commissions where people said, hey, I want a dress that looks exactly like this. And so she went on to make the dress. You watched how she handled her customers, how she talked kindly to them, even when sometimes things didn't go wrong. I mean, I'm sorry, things didn't go right. She was calm. She was cool. She was collective and she worked hard to make things right without demeaning herself. And watching her as a little little girl interact with people like that greatly shapes how you do business now with your customers. That is a great example of origin stories. So the story, her business of being a seamstress is not your business of being a candle maker, but how you watched her go about business has directly affect, affected how you go about doing business. That's a great example of origin stories. I would put that in the box of origin stories. The same thing about how your business came to be. That is Yes, it has to be told. In fact, I think it's a 2015 study that shows more than 50% of new customers click on the about page when they come to a new website, a business website. So if you think for a second that your origin stories, the experiences that you have had in the past to shape you to be the business owner that you are today, and the story that tells how you came to be a business present day, if you think those don't matter, you're mistaken. They do matter. And I want, I will even ask you, how many times have you landed on a website for the first time, a new small business that you've never heard of, and you clicked the about tab, or sometimes you will see it as our story. I'm raising my hand right now. In fact, I do it almost every time that I land on a new business. So your, how you came to be as a business, your origin story matters. Now, in the other box, we have what I call real-time stories. And when I say real-time, I don't mean literally things that happen today. You can share those. I personally and even professionally would tell you not to. I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. I would tell you not to necessarily share things that are happening right this very moment, and especially if it's controversial, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But real-time stories refer, refer to any stories that have happened in the last couple of years that your customers can relate to. To illustrate, I am a mom of two boys, eight and six, and right now, they think it's really cool anytime I share about them on social media. Now, I know that that will change eventually. 
and I will cross that bridge when it happens and I will respect their wishes. But right now they are perfectly fine with me sharing stories of them on social media. Now, the reason that matters to my business is because I serve a lot of mom creatives. So when I share stories about Legos being sprayed across my house or clean clothes all of a sudden being being covered with mud, or a couple of months ago, I shared a picture with one of my sons, just tears rolling down his face. It was our first day of school picture. And I went on to explain that, you know, wanting a great picture with mom included, well, that was just asking too much. Do you know how many moms that resonated with? I mean, I had all of these cute pictures of them and them with their daddy on the first day of school. And then it was my turn. And I have to admit, I accidentally dropped the whiteboard that was holding Colt's sign that says, you know, Colt first grade and what he wanted to be when he when he grew up. I admit I did drop that on his toe. But you and I also know that had we been playing soccer or chess or some kind of made up game by him, we would have gotten over that really quickly. Like we would have recovered. I mean, I kissed it. I, I did all the things. But... Because it was picture time with me, there was no recovering. So now I have a bunch of pictures where they're really super cute and having a great time with themselves and with their daddy and then with me and a bunch of tears. Okay, so I tell you that story to say that that resonated, I'm sorry, resonated, let me try the right word, resonated with a lot of my ideal customers because they're moms. They get it. They understand that a lot of times those pictures where they're involved do not turn out that beautiful. So there is an example of real-time stories. Those are stories that are happening fairly currently within the last, you know, four, five, six years, two months ago, that your ideal customer will go, oh, yeah, I relate that happened to me the other day, or oh my goodness, that was just like I felt three years ago. So you have a box of origin stories, and then think about boxes, a box of real-time stories. I hope the idea of two boxes of stories isn't too ele- elementary here, but I had to do that for myself as well, because when I'm talking to clients about sharing stories and how we're going to use that to strengthen their copywriting, I have to be able to think, how can I organize this so that the word stories is not so overwhelming? So I apologize if it seems elementary. I am just rather a simple girl. Okay, so let's talk about some basic rules for using stories in your copywriting. And then, of course, I'm going to get into a couple of ways that you can do that. First of all, I shared this in an email on my newsletter several months ago, so it bears repeating here. In general, these are some rules for storytelling. Number one, tell only what you're comfortable with. Now, I know that sounds a little bit contradicting to what I was saying at the very beginning of the podcast, sharing with I told you, I was very honest with you that I struggle with social media and especially when it comes to sharing things about myself. So I have to ask myself, is it that 
is it my personality? Is this why I don't want to share it? Or am I really uncomfortable with this story? So if you're truly uncomfortable with a story, it still feels too raw to you. It's too controversial. It could hurt someone else's feelings. Well, then by all means, do not share the story. However, if it's just your personality, you in general do not enjoy social media or you stand in awe of people who will get on Instagram live and walk their entire day out in public. I mean, I stand in awe. I've got some people that I love watching because they are such good storytellers and I am there for it. I am there for the pumpkin carving and them eating yogurt and their child smearing it all over the walls. Like I am there for it because they're such good storytellers, but that is not my personality. So therefore, I have to ask myself the difference between a story. Is it really that I'm uncomfortable with a story or is it just in general I don't enjoy sharing things about myself. And if it falls into that second category that I just in general don't enjoy sharing things about myself, well then for my business sake, in order to connect well with my customers, that's probably an important story to share. Whether it be my origin story, how I came to be or how I came to believe about business, or whether it is a story that's happened fairly currently that my customers will relate to. Well, then I probably need to go in and share that story. So rule number one, share only what you're comfortable with. Number two, relate it to your customer and your or your product when possible. So simply telling about a time that you stumped your toe may not be very important unless you can relate it back to why your customers would care. Do do you serve, I'm sorry, do you sell a product that can help make their toenails look beautiful again? Or are you sharing this story in order to encourage them to get back up on their feet and go again? I don't know. I'm just making this up. But my point is, if you just tell random stories and you have no point, you have no purpose in sharing that story. It's not to sell or it's not to motivate or it's not to build community then you probably don't need to share it. So rule number two, relate any stories that you tell back to your customer or products when possible. Idea or rule number three, tell others stories, such as your customer stories or stories from your vendors. If you find telling your own story to be very awkward or difficult, and of course this goes without saying, but I will say it anyway, make sure you have their permission. Sometimes the stories of the people around you, your own customers, the people that you purchase from, are just as powerful as perhaps your own. So get their permission and tell others about that. Tell others about why you choose this vendor. Tell others about the change that's happened in your client's life due to the service or product that you provide. Rule number three. Follow your favorite products or services and notice how they weave storytelling into their marketing. And that includes their words and their photos. That's just being a science of a scientist of marketing. So pick out some of the most successful businesses in your niche or maybe not in your niche. Let's think outside of your niche because we would never want to, we would never want to accidentally fall into copying what they're doing. But think about some of your favorite brands 
and start noticing how are they telling stories? How do I react and interact with the stories that they're choosing to tell? Sometimes just being cognizant of the storytelling that's happening around you uh, gives you ideas for how you can use stories inside of your own marketing. And then the next rule, the final rule here in this general list is use pictures. If words are really hard, start with a picture that helps tell your story. Those are some general rules for storytelling. Now we're going to dive in specifically our rules or criteria for telling real-time stories and some things to think about when you're telling your origin story. As I go into this next segment, let me clarify one more time what I mean by real-time stories. Maybe I should have used the phrase current stories, stories that have happened within the last five years five months or five days of your life. Now, of course, some of you are awesome at Instagram stories, meaning that you do certain things each day showing how you sew or showing how you're meal prepping, all of those things. That is not what I'm talking about here. So if I say real-time stories or if I say current stories, I'm talking about things that you will take time to sit down and write up as a social post, as a in email, something that you put on your website. And for me, for this podcast, real-time stories or current stories simply mean things that have happened within the last five years. They're fairly current in your life. I was lucky enough recently to get to see Annie F. Downs present at Christy Wright's Business Boutique, which is an event put on by the Dave Ramsey Group. And Annie F. Downs was there presenting about how not to lose your soul while doing social media. She's an author who often writes about her Christian walk. She's also a podcast host. Her podcast is called That Sounds Fun. She, like many of us, needs to be on social media in order to build a community that knows, likes, and trusts her who will order her books and listen to her podcast, even be a guest on her podcast. So like many of us, she needs social media. And here comes the idea of when do we tell these current stories that have happened or are happening in our lives? Because that's where a lot of us share these things are on social media. She had an interesting take on this. She talked about the idea of secret, that there should never be secret life that you have online, private, a personal life, and then a public life online. And we could say that would be on social media, that would be on your website, and in your email. The public is exactly how it sounds. It's what you do as a business. It is, so if you make candles, Anybody that comes to your website, comes to your social media, they know very quickly this business is about making candles. They may also recognize, oh, this is a female-owned business. Those are examples of public information. Now, she also spent time talking about the difference, difference between private and personal. Once again, let me give Annie F. Downs all the credit here. This is not me. I wish I had thought about this. The difference, and this is where a lot of us get really scared to share current stories that have happened or are happening in our lives is because we don't want to overshare. There is a difference between private and personal. 
private are those things that are still so raw to you, or maybe you're overexcited about them. And then personal are things that are going to help you connect to your community and you feel like you're ready to share. Annie, because she's a brilliant teacher, gave us some criteria to help us determine the difference between private, a story that shouldn't be told, versus personal. So one of the things that she shared is time. If a story just happened today, for example, you found out that you were pregnant literally today, on your business page, she would say, and I would agree with her, that's not where you share it yet. You need more time. That is private information. That stays within your very close community at least 24 hours. At least 24 hours. Another criteria would be community. If you are considering sharing something personal about your life and you think to yourself, I'm ready to tell this story. I'm ready to tell about the time that our business almost went under three years ago. So the first criteria, time, okay, you've had three years. So you think to yourself, this very private thing, I didn't tell my customers, hardly any of my family knew that my business almost went under. I think I'm ready to tell the story. So you've got the time thing. You can put a check beside that, three years, got it. The other thing that Annie suggested is bounce it off of your closest community. So sit down and write that social post or the email. And when you get finished writing that, share it with one or two or three of your closest friends, your husband or your wife, your mom, and ask their opinion. Say, do you think that this is good? Is this still too private? Can I share this now with my customers? Can I share this online or on the website? So time, community. The third thing, third thing sorry, is trial and error. Trial and error. When you're telling stories to your audience and you have a purpose, you're wanting to build community, you're wanting them, and by building community, I mean that you are gaining followers who know, like, and trust you. That's the reason why you share stories. If I haven't made that clear, that's the whole reason why you share some of these personal stories that have happened in your life is so that people who follow you who or who land on your website can go, ah, okay, this gal or this guy gets me. I've, I've experienced something similar to that. Or gosh, nothing like that has ever happened to me. But I've had a friend who that's happened to. That's why we share stories. But trial and error helps us determine what parts of our life really resonates with our audience and what parts of our life doesn't. So therefore, we don't have the pressure to share that. I've given the example already on this episode. If you know many of your audience members loves dogs, your customers for the most part, love dogs, then you are going to share stories about your dogs because that is building no like, and trust with your audience, with your customers. However, if you go about sharing a couple of stories about your dogs, the time that 
he rushed into the back door and knocked you down and groceries went flying everywhere and no one comments, laughs, even cares about this story. Hopefully you told it better than I did just now. I just was making that up on the fly. So I hope that you added more details to it than that. If that story didn't resonate with your audience, then you no longer have pressure as a business person to share that aspect of your life anymore, okay? That can stay private. So trial and error. And then the fourth thing that Annie F. Downs shared, and she's a believer in Christ like I am. She says, you know, I always take it to God. If I am on the fence about sharing some personal story, am I going to move it from private where I don't share it with anybody other than those people that are in my family and my very close friends group, if I'm considering moving from private to personal, then I take it to God. I ask him, is this a good move? One more time, talking about current stories. So stories have happened within the last five years of our life. And we think that pieces of those stories would resonate with our clientele. And we're considering sharing those. Then here's four simple things to think about. Time. If it's happening today or if it's happened within the last 24 hours, you might want to be leery of sharing it. We've all experienced getting some great news. A business deal that was about to happen that we are so excited about. We're overjoyed. We cannot believe that by this deal happening the products and services that we're now going to be able to offer. And then guess what? Two days later, we get an email that says, oh, by the way, we jumped the gun and that's not going to happen. Or, you know, we said that it was going to start in November. It looks like it's going to be more like February, March, maybe on into the summer. By sharing that personal story of how you crafted that deal and what it's, and then went on further to explain that, you had to email the CEO and you you really played it up really big. But if you shared it that day that you got the email that it was a go when it was going to happen, then think about the type of message that you have to put out three weeks later when it's not going to happen. That even means with things that we're super excited about, stories that make us really super happy you might want to hold off sharing those until time has happened. So that's the first criteria. Time. Second's community. If Have you bounced it off of a husband or wife or your best friends or your mom and dad? Third, trial and error. It's past the time test. It's past the community test. And you're throwing it out there and you're trying to see, do these types of stories resonate with my audience? If they do, great. We'll talk about how to write more of them. And if they don't, well, then you have pressure to take to take that aspect of your life. I'm not saying that you can't ever tell stories. I'm saying you need to find something. You need to find some stories that you can tell in your life. But you will know there's certain aspects that you don't have to worry about telling anymore. And then finally, if you're a believer in Christ, take it to God. Pray about it. Is this a story that I am ready to share? Now, let's talk about origin stories, your founder story, how your business came to be. In my opinion, this is one of the most important stories 
that you can tell. First of all, it's one that we get to practice a lot. Jenna Kutcher suggests that you tell your origin story at least every seven to nine posts. Now, Jenna Kutcher is a social media queen. She has figured out Instagram long before the rest of us were thinking about Instagram. So her mindset behind that is because when new people land on your Instagram account, they are easily able to find just by clicking around like we all do. We call it stalking. By clicking around, they can easily find, oh, this is how this business started. Got it. So your origin story is extremely important. It is one that you are going to retell often. In fact, sometimes it's a part of your elevator pitch, or especially once you get past your elevator pitch and you have somebody on the line and they're interested and you lean in, you may be telling this story as well. When you do tell your origin story, whether it's by email, whether it's at a networking event over Zoom or in real person, whether it's on social media, every seven to nine posts like Jenna Kutcher and other social media gurus suggest, let's tell it well. Let me give you an example using my origin story. Here is the first take on it. I was a teacher for 13 years. I even have my doctorate in education. That's how dedicated I was to the field of education. But I had my sons and I felt my heart pull me back home to be with them full time. So I left the teaching profession and I came home when my boys were four and two. However, it did not take me long to realize I needed something else in my life. Teaching actually is a very creative profession. I didn't realize it until I came home and I felt as if I had nothing that was my own. That's how Inspire to Engage began. I reached out to some local businesses and started writing content for them. And from there, I now have my business. Now, there is my origin story. It's fine. There's... Nothing wrong with that story. It's all factual. But I will tell you, that is not actually storytelling. What I have done is listed some facts that happened in my life. And I even, if I want to be honest with you, I even spoke it kind of kindly with my voice so that I could help tell that story just a little bit more so someone may lean in. However, with writing, you don't get your voice your actual human voice, the thing that makes sound, you don't get that opportunity. So your words matter more. Good storytellers take moments and they slow those moments down. Listen to another option, another version of my origin story. It was a fall day and I was sitting at my table with my four-year-old crawling on the floor, army crawling in fact, below my feet as my two-year-old sat in his high chair, crying his eyes out, snot pouring out of his nose because I had handed him the blue Play-Doh. I didn't know he actually wanted the green piece of Play-Doh. I later found that out. It was in that moment, as I was digging out blue Play-Doh from his nostril, that I realized I needed something else. 
Plato time was not enough creativity to feed my soul. I had been a teacher for 13 years and I loved being with my students and I didn't leave that profession with my hair on fire, but I wanted to be home with my boys. However, I also needed something that was my own. Blue Play-Doh, green Play-Doh, that just wasn't enough for me. So, Inspire to Engage was born. I now copyright for small business owners so that I can help them sell their products. Now, there's a story. I made it up pretty quickly on the fly right here. What I did from that first story was I took facts. I I took the fact that I decided to come home and be a stay-at-home mom. And I took a scene that's very common for my life at the time as a stay-at-home mom. And it's very common now for a lot of moms, whether they're a stay-at-home mom or not, but they have young children. And I slowed that scene down. I didn't just gloss over the fact that I came home to be with my boys, but yet I realized I needed something of my, I'm sorry, of my own. What I did was I took a scene and I picked it apart. I started talking about my four-year-old army crawling at my feet. I talked about my two-year-old sobbing his eyes out and snot pouring out and me later digging out blue Play-Doh out of his nose. Do you know many of you started nodding your head or you started going, "Mm mm-hmm, I've been there. You may have been there just earlier this morning or you were there 15 years ago as you were raising your children or as a grandparent, you've watched your own daughter battle something, whether it was Play-Doh, is probably over spaghetti or carrots or broccoli. You fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. Those of us that have raised children, we know what it's like to be sitting there and looking at ourselves and going, oh my goodness, I love these children with my whole heart and I would give my life today for them. Yet, on a daily basis, I need a little something that's my own. So many of you listening recognize that. So as I tell my origin story about how I began, I took a scene that was really common out of my life at that point before I had my business inspired to engage. And I slowed that moment down. I didn't just gloss over it. I slowed it down. I picked it apart and I started telling very specific details. That's what you do when you tell your origin story. In fact, I would suggest writing very quickly how you started your business. Write it like I did originally, where you just state the facts. Decided to come home, left a career that I loved. I decided to come home. And then I realized, ooh, I need something that belongs to me, that allows me to be creative. Those are facts and they're perfectly fine, but those are not the things that people are going to lean in on. That's not storytelling. That's just descriptive writing. I want you to turn it into a story. I want you to take a very specific, a significant moment where you made up your mind that you were going to have your own business and slow that moment down. Put it in slow-mo so that you can pick apart very specific details, create that scene so that now the reader of your story is actually a part of that scene. They start to visualize it in their head. 
those specific details change how people read your story. Currently, for another group that I'm a member of, we are reading Kendra Hall's Stories That Stick. It's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. Actually, it was perfect timing for me because this podcast episode had been on my content calendar for several weeks. And then right about two weeks ago, it came time in our group to begin this book. So you can imagine my excitement when this episode content and this book started lining up. So Kendra Hall's book, Stories That Stick, she lists four components that great storytellers always use. One of them is an identifiable character. Those of us that are telling our business story, we're that character. We're the character. And the way we tell our story helps to make us identifiable. Authentic emotion. So in the example I gave just a couple of minutes ago, my authentic emotion was being extremely frustrated at this Play-Doh issue that just was not doing it for me as a grown woman. I needed more. A significant moment. So I took that moment where I was extremely frustrated. And then Kendra Hall says, you've got to add specific details. My story, I really honed in on a significant moment and specific details. If you do that, you are going to be on the right track. The next thing If you're still nervous about writing your origin story, start with that significant moment. I modeled that for you. I began telling you, I sat there that day at my dining room table as a fall day with my four-year-old crawling underneath my feet and my two-year-old to my side with his eyes pouring tears and his nose dripping snot. So I started my origin story with that significant moment. If you don't know how to start your story, start with that significant moment. Start with that time that you slowed it down and you started pulling out every single detail. That's an easy way to start telling a story. And as you wrap up your story, then conclude with what your business is doing today and how it solves people's problem. I hope that makes sense. Let me go through that one more time. To tell your origin story well, for it to really fall in the category of storytelling and not just descriptive writing. Think about taking a moment in your life, a time period in your life when you decide to start your business, get very specific and add those details. In my mind, To help you understand what I see in my head, I put it almost like on slow-mo. Like I was watching a movie and I paused it at a specific scene of my life. That's how I started picking out those details of JR on the floor, Play-Doh everywhere, and snot and tears rolling off of Colt. One day they'll be upset at me for telling that story right here. (laughs) That's how I began my origin story for you. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Rachel, you said I'm supposed to tell this story very often. Are people not going to get tired of hearing about Play-Doh up your child's nose? Yes, of course they would. That story would get boring no matter how well I told it. What you do for your origin story is that you choose different details to slow down and pick apart 
and really play up. So here's another version of my origin story. Notice that it didn't change. How my business got started didn't change. But what moment I chose to hone in on, the moment that I chose to really pull out those details, use a bunch of description around, that's what changed. Here it is. I was balled up in a fetal position, my hands shaking and my face sweating. I was so hot and I was typing my first ever private message on Facebook. Facebook was not new. I was new to the platform. And in that message, I was talking to my potential client about why I should be a writer for her. When inadvertently, I pressed enter sending her only half of my message. I quickly rolled over with my legs up in the air. I looked like a dead possum and I screamed silently because my boys were asleep and I wasn't that crazy. They were napping to myself. What are you doing? Of course, it dawned on me I need to hurry and roll back over and finish my message. She actually said yes. I'm happy to tell you that story, that embarrassing moment. Well, could have been embarrassing. It's now worked out to be my very first client. That's how I started my business, Inspire to Engage, where I help small business owners talk about their business. I had been a public school teacher for 13 years and I loved my job, but my heart was calling me to be at home with my boys. It's there that I realized how much I loved being home with them but missed having something that was my own. I missed having a creative outlet. It dawned on me that I could do writing from home and I could help small businesses tell their stories well and sell products and services while doing it. That's a second version of my origin story. The facts of how I came to be a business owner didn't change, but how I told the story changed. I chose in that version to hone in on the moment that I asked my first client, the time that I reached out and embarrassingly sent a half of a Facebook message and had to realize I need to hurry and finish writing rest of the message so that at least when she read it, (laughs) she had the whole proposal. Now that also really happened. And I chose to hone in on that significant moment this time. That's exactly how you go about telling your founder story multiple times. The facts of how you came to be didn't change. But what moment of those facts that you choose to hone in on, now that can change. As this episode comes to a close on getting over the fear of telling our stories, I want to remind you that when you sit down to write, you always have to have a purpose. I've talked about this in previous Instagram lives. I've talked about this on the podcast as well. Many times as business owners, we sit down and we say something like, I haven't written an email in a long time. I need to write an email. Or I haven't posted on social media in a long time, so I need to post on social media. Those are tasks That's not a purpose. When we write our stories, whether it be current stories 
or real-time stories. Those are really just stories surrounding your life in general. Or it be your origin story. Have a purpose in telling those stories. A good purpose in this, in this case is to build community. We know that people buy from businesses that they know, like, and trust. That's one of the reasons that storytelling is very powerful because it helps people to know some about you. And then when they know some about you, they start to like you a little bit more. And when they like you enough, they trust you with their money. And for you to fill a void or solve a problem in their lives. That's why storytelling is very powerful in business. But at the same time, many of us call it storytelling when we simply list some descriptive facts. I would encourage you to go a step further and delve into storytelling. Remember to do that. Take significant moments, some piece of time, slow it down and pull out those details. That starts to feel like a story instead of just a list of things that happened to you or happened to your son or happened to your dog. And then, of course, you tell stories that you feel comfortable telling. If you feel scared to tell every story in your life, then that's probably a personality and not because the story itself shouldn't be shared. And to those of you that struggle with sharing personal stories, I understand. I feel the exact same as you. But I also recognize that when I do tell stories, that my audience responds. It helps them to know, like, and trust me more. Okay, kiddo, that's the end of this episode. If you've enjoyed it at all, please rate or review it. You as a business owner know the power of ratings and reviews. If you are struggling to tell your own story, your origin story, because believe me, you are a superhero. You need to be telling that story. Or maybe you're struggling to pick out stories, events that are happening in your current life that are going to resonate with your audience. Email me. Let's talk about it. Let's do a consultation. My email is rachel at inspiretoengage.com. And of course, you know that I believe we get more clear about what stories to tell if we know our ideal customer. Head to my site to buy the short online course, Creating an Ideal Customer Story. If you know your client well, you know his or her daily struggles, what problems that he or she has that you can solve, then your writing becomes clear. Even the stories that you tell. My site is inspiretoengage.com forward slash online courses. Have a wonderful week.